Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We're talking about this series, Words. And I love that song, Champion. Um, you know... We need to proclaim the things of God, and, and we've been talking about words and how important our words are as we speak forth the things of God. And a couple of weeks ago, I talked about a prayer language that I believe that, that, that the Lord desires all of us to have. And, and as we begin to pray in the Spirit out loud, there's something that's happening in the, in the realm around us. And so if you missed that message, I would encourage you to go back a couple of weeks ago, from a couple of weeks ago, and... Uh, review that message. Our, our core scripture for this series is found in Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And so we've been talking about words, but we, we also, let's see, three weeks ago, I talked about speaking in tongues. What is that? What is the, the purpose of that? What is the value on that? Two weeks ago, I talked about a prayer language. It's very important for all of us to have. I believe that's something the Lord wants us to have and receive. But uh, when we have a prayer language, we, we can speak that out. We can pray in the Spirit. So if you miss that message, go back and listen to that uh, or podcast that. You know that we have the Version app. Uh, you can go there and you can find us there and you can track along every week. Right now, some of you have your, your phones out and, and you're, you're looking at the scriptures that we're going to be talking about, the points that I'm going to make, and you'll have that all through the week. So that's another tool that you can have. Last week, I talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I began last week and I plan to finish up today. We receive the Holy Spirit when we are saved. Our spirit man is, is, is in connection with the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit. But the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And let's look at, at this word baptism. It comes from the Greek word baptizo. It means to immerse. It means to completely cover. So when we talk about water baptism, we, we, we will have a, a, a baptistry out here, and we completely submerge because it represents an inward commitment an inward change it's a, and let me say it this way it's an outward demonstration of an inward change in our heart but not only that it represents us being washed clean it represents us coming up out of the water and all the sin and all that old stuff is washed off of us and there's something that happens as well spiritually inside of us as when we get water baptized water baptism does not save us Okay, let me be clear. There's, I know of one denomination that say, well, if you, get, if you accept Christ and you get run over by a truck before you get water baptized, you're not saved. That's, that's erroneous. That is incorrect. Think about Jesus when he was on the cross taking on all of our sins, dying for all of our sins. And the thief on the cross, you know, came to Jesus and Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He believed in Jesus. Jesus didn't say, well... I'm sorry, dude, you need to get down and go get baptized. He said, you will be with me today in paradise. And so baptism is an outward expression of an inward change in our heart. Jesus got water baptized. 
And so we need to follow his example. And, we, and we'll see even more so today how these things are, are part of the process that we should do when we come to the Lord. Um, I mentioned this uh, last week, but I, w- I want to read in, in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. The writer of Hebrews is saying, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become more mature in our understanding. Let us grow and mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Surely as Christians we are mature enough to know that we need to repent. We need to turn from our sinful ways and and sin and, and have faith in God. Those are basic fundamental things that we should understand I'm not saying that we never stumble or we never fall. We all do. But we know that when we do, we come back to the Lord and we say, Lord, please forgive me. Or if we need to go and ask forgiveness from someone that we've hurt or we've been rude to or, you know, whatever, we we go and do that. But we don't need to go over these things again and again and again. We should be mature enough to have some of these things inside of us. Let's read on in verse 2. You don't need further instruction about baptisms. Plural, baptisms. And I know I talked a little bit about this last week. I was brought up to think that there was only one baptism, water baptism. But what we've been talking about the last couple of days, uh, or the last couple of weeks, actually, is uh, a number of different baptisms. No, it seems like there's a little bit of a ring going on. I don't, uh, um, okay, let me read on in uh, uh, Hebrews 6, 2, again, you don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Those are things that we should understand. Those are things that we should know that we've been taught, hopefully. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Baptism in the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the abundant life that Christ came to give us. We know that in John 10.10 that uh, Jesus said the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you would have abundant life, that you would live the abundant life. And so the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the abundant life and lead us and guide us. So baptism in the Holy Spirit is important. And I, I was trying to think of a good example of what it's like. And imagine that you get a new phone, you get a new pad, you get a new computer or something like that. And there's a software or an app that would be really helpful for you. Well, if you don't access it, if you don't download it, if you don't click on that icon, you're not going to have access to it. So we have access to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we need to receive it. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was never taught about the Holy Spirit growing up. I grew up in church. I was never taught about the Holy Spirit. I was never taught about the gifts from the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was never really talked about. But the, the Holy Spirit is the enabler, the comforter, the one that, that Jesus said he would send to us to help us. He's our helper. This week, I talked about these three baptisms. And this week, I, I kind of changed the, the slides a little bit to help us maybe understand. 
And I know I'm going over this a lot, uh, several times over the past couple of weeks, but I really want us to get, a, get it down in us. I, I want us to understand because I was never taught these things, and I know some of you were probably not taught these things either. Bab the three baptisms we need, baptism into Christ. Who is the baptizer? The baptizer is the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into the body of Christ. What are the results of that? Salvation. When we come into this relationship with the Lord, we are coming, we are receiving salvation and coming into this relationship. So you'll notice that there are, in, in these particular three baptisms, there are three different baptizers and there are three different results. Clearly, they are different baptisms. And so that's the point I really want to emphasize today. Baptism into Christ is, is we're baptized by the Holy Spirit, the results are salvation. Baptism in water is uh, the baptizer is a disciple, a believer, a person. And the results are it reflects new life. Like I talked about a while ago, when we get water baptized, it doesn't save us, but it's represent, representative of us having a new life. All of our sins are washed away. It's a, it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start for us. Have you ever been filthy, dirty, and go in and, and take a shower or a bath? It's like that. All of the sin, all of the stuff is washed away from us. It's representative of that. And then the third baptism I'm talking about is baptism in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is the baptizer of baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to live this abundant life. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 39. Peter was preaching uh, after the day of, of Pentecost. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Okay, so they've heard the message about Christ. And they're like, okay, what do we do? Let's read on in verse 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. That is salvation, right? So we repent of our sins and turn to God. Whenever I, I lead somebody in the, the salvation prayer, what do I pray or what do you pray? We say, we say, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I thank you for this new beginning. I thank you for this new start. Right? So what, this, what we're doing is we're leading them in a prayer where they're repenting of their sins and they're asking God into their heart, into their life. So each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized, be water baptized, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Verse 38 continues, then you will receive the gift. What is the gift? We talked about it last week. The gift is not a, 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 a box with a bow on it. The gift is the Holy Spirit. He says, then you will receive the gift from the Holy Spirit. The gift is the Holy Spirit. So uh, let's read on in Acts 2.39. This promise is to you and your children and those far away all who have been called by the Lord our God. So I talked about these things this week, but I just wanted to go back and, and capture these things again because we're going to build on that. So, you know, some people have said, well, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit was only for the, the 12 apostles or whatever. Well, clearly, it's for all of us who have received Christ. So we, we need to, you know, because I've talked to people that are believers, 
and they've been walking with the Lord for a long time, but they have a misunderstanding, in my opinion, of what the Word says. This says that clearly the Holy Spirit is for all of us. And they'll say, oh, well, no, that was only for them back, back then. The promised gift, the Holy Spirit, is for us too, all who have received Christ. Okay, so now the next, the next scripture that we're going to look at is Philip is in Samaria, and he's preaching, and he's casting out demons, and people are getting healed. Now, if you remember, the Samaritans were uh, in conflict with the Jews. I think I can say they despised one another. The Jews did not like the Samaritans, and the Samaritans did not like the Jews. And it was primarily based on that the Samaritans were Jews, but they had intermarried with other tribes. And so the Jews were, they're, they're like, what's, what's wrong with you? You're, you're diluting your, your heritage here. You're, you shouldn't be marrying into these other tribes. You should be marrying other Jewish people. And so I think that was the crux of their conflict. But they hated one another. So Philip is teaching in Samaria. And there's a sorcerer there that has impressed the people with magic. Okay, and I talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about our prayer language, how that uh, Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God, that we need to put on the spiritual armor of God. We need to put on the, the belt of truth. We need to put on the, the breastplate of righteousness. We need to have our shoes. Uh, uh, we need to walk in shoes of peace. We need to have uh, the helmet of salvation. We need to have our mind renewed. Romans 12, too. You know it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we need to have our mind protected and, and realize that we are saved by grace through faith, not of our works. We need to hold up the shield of faith that deflects the fiery darts of the enemy. We need to take the sword, which is the word of God, and use that. And, and then at, at the end of that passage, uh, Paul talks about that we need to pray in the Spirit. So he's talking about, in Ephesians 6, our spiritual weapons, our, our spiritual uh, uh, armor, rather. And, uh, and he's, he's closing that out with, you need to pray in the Spirit. That's part of our spiritual warfare. Because we know that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. So these are not things that we can fight with a sword, a knife, a machete, a gun, or any of that. It's spiritual warfare. And so we need to put on, Paul says, put on all the armor. Put it all on. So that we can stand against the enemy. So that we can stand against his strategies. So we, Paul has talk, taught us or talked about how we need to put on the spiritual armor of God. And so when people are sorcerers, when they're witches, when they're fortune tellers, when they're tarot card readers, all of that, they are operating by a spirit. There is power there, but they are not operating by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're operating in the power of an unholy spirit. Pastor Christine has been to Africa a couple of times, and she says it's more prevalent there. I mean, they would be in meetings, and witch doctors would be coming to, to cast spells on them and things like that. And we know uh, when our uh, missionaries from Africa were here, they shared some stories. This is a real thing. 
but the good news is greater is Jesus in us than he who is in the world. So we are overcomers, and we can walk in victory. We can walk, as we sang today, Jesus has given us authority. But we need to, to access that. We need to have the, the power of God living in our lives. And if we don't, if we haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're not going to walk in the fullness of the power that God has allocated to us. Let's read on in Acts chapter 8, uh, verses 12 through 17. But now the people believe Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. So he's in Samaria, he's preaching, people are getting healed, people are getting saved, and they, what? they believed the message. They believed in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's read on. As a result, many men and women were baptized. So they believed in the Lord. They received the Lord and they got baptized. They were water baptized. Simon, who was the sorcerer that we talked about in Samaria, that astounded people with magic, he himself believed and was baptized. The point I want to make about this is that the power of God is stronger than the power of the enemy. This guy was doing things that were impressing people, but it was not by the power of God. And I think Simon said, oh, wait, wait, there's a higher power here. I, I want that. And you go back and read, and he says, hey, I want to buy this power. And they're like, you're missing the point here. But I, I don't want to focus on that. But, but the point I'm making is that he believed and he was baptized because he saw the power of God move in a way that he hadn't experienced. And it goes on to say here in uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 13, he began, uh, Simon, began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles that Philip performed. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. Okay, so when the apostles in Jerusalem heard what was going on, they're like, hey, I think we need to go check this out. We need to go see if this is real. What's going on with these Samaritans? They're getting saved. What is happening here? So they go there. And again, I always believe that when I got saved, when I accepted Christ, that I had all that I believed. But, but what we're going to see here today is there is this other baptism. Many believers have not been taught about the Holy Spirit or the gifts. Many, I haven't heard these kinds of teachings before. But we need to, we need to have the, the truth of the Word. We need to understand that, that this is not some weird and kooky stuff. This is the Word of God. This, these are words from Jesus. These are words from the apostles, uh, the disciples. These are words from Paul who wrote a large portion of the Bible who had the knowledge and the understanding of the law and the Old Testament law. But when he got saved, he began to connect the dots and see that it wasn't about religion and law, but it was about this relationship through Jesus. Acts 8.15, as soon as they arrived... Uh, as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's stop for a moment and look at this again, the three baptisms. They were baptized into the body of Christ. They believed, they, they received salvation. They were water baptized, and then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Time after time after time, we see the same thing. Baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Water baptized by a person or a disciple or a believer. 
then baptized in the Holy Spirit by Jesus, as we talked about. Um, so the other thing that, that, we, that I want to mention is that, so if we receive everything when we get saved, why would they have baptized them in the Holy Spirit if they received it? It would be a, a moot point, right? Acts eight sixteen. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. They received Jesus, then they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit too. The Holy Spirit is our helper. That Jesus said he would send to us to lead us and to guide us into all truth. When we are saved, the Holy Spirit does come and live inside of us. But Jesus wants to baptize us. He wants to immerse us. He wants to cover us. He wants the Holy Spirit to overflow in our life. He wants to baptize us and anoint us with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts 19, 1-6. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found what? What did he find there? Several believers. People that believed, right? And he says, did you receive... The Holy Spirit, when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Have you ever read the scripture and been a little confused about, well, what is the baptism of John? What, what does that mean? John's baptism emphasized repenting from sin and turning to God. John was preaching to the Jews. The Jews understood who God was. They were a nation. They were a people founded by God. And so they worshipped Him and they knew Him. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so that was part of their culture. They already knew about God. And uh, they knew also that the Messiah would come one day. So these other tribes... They didn't know this God. They worshipped other gods, pagan gods. If, if we don't, if, if we're never, uh, if we never hear the gospel, how are we going to know? How are we going to know about this God, about the true God? And so their heritage and history of being a nation of followers of God was familiar to them. They didn't need to learn about God. They already knew him. But John's message was to repent and turn back to God. So John was not baptizing into the body of Christ because Christ was still alive, right? In fact, John was beheaded during the time that Jesus walked the earth, during this time of ministry. So John was not baptizing people into the body of Christ because Christ had not yet died for all of our sins on the cross. He had not risen from the grave. The gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father had not been poured out on the day of Pentecost yet. So what was John preaching? He was, repent. he was preaching, repent, you Jews, repent from your evil ways. Because they had, how many times had they turned away from God? Where they would worship God. For a while, and then they would begin to compromise and and serve and, and worship these pagan gods. 
And so John was saying, repent and come back to God. Because Jesus had not yet died for our sins. He had not been resurrected yet and uh, sent the Holy Spirit. Acts 19.4, Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. He's saying you need to believe in the one who's coming later. Salvation is going to come through repentance and believing in Jesus. You need to stop doing what you're doing right now and turn to God. But there's one that's coming later. Well, let's read on. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they received Christ. They were baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. And uh, then he goes on to write in 19.6, he says, Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. So we see a change from what was going on before Jesus died for our sins and was resurrected. And after, the body of Christ was born. The church came alive then through Christ. The body of Christ became alive when Jesus took on all of our sins and He died for us and He was resurrected and then He sent the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Acts 19.6 Then when Paul laid his hands on them after they had received Christ uh, the Holy Spirit came on them. So again, I want to look at the three baptisms. Baptism into the body of Christ. By who? By the Holy Spirit. The results are salvation. We come into this relationship with the Lord. The second baptism is water baptism. Who is the baptizer? A man, a person, a believer. And what is the results? The results of that are new life. The old man is cut off. And the new man has, has, has come alive. And then the third baptism is in the Holy Spirit. Who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? It's Jesus. And the results are that we are empowered to live the abundant life that Christ came to give us. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water... And by, his shedding, uh, by, and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood. So blood can also be a representation of salvation. If you think back when Moses led the children of Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt, Moses was a type of deliverer. He wasn't Christ, but he was a type and a shadow of, of things to come. Moses was their deliverer. Christ is our deliverer. What did uh, Moses tell the people to do? He told them to paint, uh, put blood over their doorposts so the angel of death would pass over, right? And we talked about Passover, what that meant, and, and why they celebrate Passover still today, because it's a reminder that God passed over. But, but look at the parallels here. Moses was their deliverer. They were saved by the blood, and they were set free. And so uh, blood can refer to salvation. And then, and then if you want to even go further, they walk through the sea. That, that could be another type and shadow of water baptism for the Israelites when they, when they were going to the promised land. But through the blood of Christ, we are saved. 
old, old, in the Old Testament, animals had to be sacrificed and killed for their forgiveness of sins. There was a requirement of blood to be shed for the forgiveness of sins. So we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his blood so that our sins would be forgiven. Remember, whenever we have communion, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 through 31, and, and, and Paul writes that the blood is the covenant through the blood of Christ. God has made a covenant with us. So the blood is important for the forgiveness of sins. So I'm just trying to draw a little parallel here between blood can represent salvation. We're saved because of the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, we're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works that any man should boast. So it's through the work and the completed work of Christ on the cross. As Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son, by His baptism in water and by shedding His blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with His testimony. The Spirit, Jesus said that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will testify of me. Remember, Jesus is, is telling, um, telling them that the Holy Spirit will come when he goes to heaven, he says, it's best that I leave because the disciples are like, oh, no, we don't want you to leave. He's like, no, no, it's best that I leave that the Holy Spirit may come. Let's look at John 15, 26. But I, and this is Jesus talking here, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. Let's go back to First uh, John here, First John five six to eight. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water and by shedding His blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood. Again, blood can refer to salvation. It's through the blood of Christ that we are saved. Let's read on. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with His testimony. So when we have the Holy Spirit living in us, it's confirmed. We, we walk in faith. And so the, the Lord encourages us. When we, look in, when we read the Word and, and the Word is revealed to us, the truths are revealed to us, we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. We've talked about this before. Have you ever had something tell you? Many times that's the Holy Spirit speaking to us so it's it's important that we have the holy spirit and we have the holy spirit when we receive christ but christ says i want to baptize you in the holy spirit clearly there's there's a difference in that baptism john 5 7 says so we have these three witnesses we have the spirit now when you look at this scripture it's in reverse order he says we have the spirit the water and the blood and all these three agree. So we're baptized in the Spirit. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to walk in this new life. He says, for the Spirit, the water, and the blood. The wa we're water baptized. The old person is cut off, and the new person comes to life. And there's something that takes place in us when we get water baptized. And he says, the blood. These three uh, confirm uh, they all agree. The blood. We're saved by the blood, and we become a new person. Um, let me say this, too. To get to heaven, 
we need to be saved. We need to accept Christ. All right? We need to receive Christ. Think about the thief on the cross. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Okay. But I think there are a lot of people that are saved, but they may not be walking in the power of God. I think there are people that are saved, and they basically have fire insurance. Okay? They're, they're, they're not going to go to hell. But are they living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us? Is there an anointing on their life? Is there a Holy Spirit power in their life? And, you know, I see, I talk to people all the time that, in my opinion, are compromising their relationship with the Lord. They're not walking in the fullness that God has called them to walk in. They're not walking in the giftings and the power they may be saved. I, I, I know of one person that is very, very gifted, but their lifestyle hinders the anointing of God in their life. This is one of the most gifted people I know, but they're not walking in the fullness and the power of God because their lifestyle is hindering that. See, listen, God doesn't take away the gifts. If he gives you a gift, he's not going, going to take it back. But he can and will take away the anointing. Because why does, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Why does God give us gifts? So that we can glorify him, so that we can build up the church, the body of Christ, so that we can encourage one another. But imagine that you gave a gift to someone and they were using it inappropriately, and they were hurting people. Instead of helping people, they were hurting people. And so when God looks down and he, says, and he sees us hurting people with the gifts that he's given us, is he going to continue to anoint that and bless that and, and pour it? I don't think so. Because the gifts are given so that we can be a blessing. So, again, the thief on the cross accepted Christ, and, and a lot of believers, I think, have... Uh, they got saved as a child, but they never submitted their will to God. And that's part of it. We, we submit to the Lord, but also we need to yield to Him and submit to Him. In closing, I want to talk about another thing here that ties into this. In the Old Testament tabernacle, there were three things that you needed to do before you could go into the Holy of Holies. Uh, we know that when Christ died, when he was crucified, it says in the temple, the veil was turned from, torn from top to bottom. The veil separated the Holy of Holies, the presence of God, where the Ark of the Covenant was, and that was ripped apart when Jesus died, representing that we don't have to go through this process. We don't have to go through a high priest anymore, that Jesus paid it all, and now we have access directly to the throne of God. But, but before Jesus died in the, in the tabernacle, which was a tent that Moses built, or that God directed Moses to build, there was uh, one entrance in, and there was an area. I wish I, I wanted to have a drawing up or a picture or a graphic up on the screen, but we weren't able to do that this week. But there was a, an area that was open, 
And then there was the, the holy place and then the most holy place. And the most holy place was where the priest could go once a year to uh, um, offer sacrifices and, and ask forgiveness for the, his sins and for the sins of the people. But he couldn't just go in there, okay? In the outer court, there was the altar, okay? And the altar required, uh, again, for the forgiveness of sins, there had to be a shedding of blood. So there would be an animal or animals sacrificed on the altar, okay? What does that represent? That represents blood, right? Okay? There was also a big... Uh, bowl like a brass bowl a huge bowl where they would wash so they they offer the sacrifices which represents the blood or salvation they would wash that represents water baptism but but they couldn't just go into the holy of holies they had to be anointed with oil and the the items in the in the uh, uh, holy place were anointed with oil so you have the oil there so you have the, the, again, you have something that represents the three baptisms. The salvation, the blood that was shed for salvation. You have the washing, which represents uh, water baptism. And then you have the oil that represents the Holy Spirit that they were anointed in before they could go into the Holy of, of Holies. So again, you see, even in the Old Testament, you see types and shadows or examples of what these three baptisms are that we've been talking about. So, here's what I want to do. I, I want to do something a little bit different today. And I believe that there may be people, some of you in here, that say, look, I don't know if I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to do is I want you to come up right now. I want you to come up. There's nothing weird or kooky that's going to happen. And I want you to, come on. I know some of you need to come up here. And I want you to open up your hands. There's more of you that need to come up here. Come on. Don't, listen, don't, don't, don't let the, come on up here. Don't let the enemy keep you from this, okay? Don't let the enemy keep you from receiving the fullness of what he has for you. Come on now. Okay, so I want you to open your hands, and I want you to tell the Holy Spirit, I want you to say, I receive you, Holy Spirit. Go ahead and say that. I receive you. And now I want you to ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Say, Jesus I ask you to baptize me in your, in your Holy Spirit right now. And so when we ask the Lord, we have to receive in faith. Just like when we accept Christ into our life, we receive that in faith. When we, uh, I was talking about a prayer language a, a couple of weeks ago. We, we step out in faith, right? We need to begin to open our mouth. Now let me, let me pray for you. Lord God, I pray that you fill all of these with the power, all of us, Lord God, the power and the fire of your Holy Spirit, that you anoint every single one of these, Lord God, and that any areas of, of addiction or hindrances that would keep, uh, keep them from walking in the fullness, that you would remove those things now, Lord God, that you would just baptize them in the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit and that you would backfill those voids with your presence and that you would remove any hindrances, any addictions, any uh, addictive behaviors, anything that would hinder your work in their life. And Father, I pray that you baptize them with a fire and the power 
of your Holy Spirit right now. And those watching online too, Lord God. Anyone that needs it, anyone that's wanting it, Lord God, we pray that you would fill us with a fire in the power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, thank you guys. Thank you for, for being bold enough to come forward. And, and let me tell you this, that Satan may lie to you. He may say, oh, you know, nothing happened there. Uh, you know, nothing really happened. You're, or, you're not worthy. You're not worthy of that. Listen, we're, we're made worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ that we can come into his presence. And so don't, don't buy the lie. Don't believe the lie. There, I believe there's going to be a change in your lives. You may have, you may notice that God is giving you words of knowledge where you have an understanding of a situation. God may give you a prophetic word. God may begin to speak through your life in a, in a different way, giving you greater faith, giving you greater clarity on things. And so that is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit will do. He will empower us to live the abundant life. Jesus said, these things that I have done, and even greater, will you be able to do. So, why are we not seeing the fullness of that in the church? I am not satisfied with anything less than what Jesus said we can do. And as we sang about it today, we have been given the authority. So let's walk in the power, the dominion, and the authority that God has allocated to us. He's given it to us. Click on the icon. Open the app of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord God, I want, a, I want the baptism. I want the fire. I want every single thing that you have for me. I want it all. I don't want to miss one thing. But he's not going to force that on us. We have to be open to receive what he has for us. Because he has so much more, I believe, than what we're seeing. I want to see the fullness of the, and the power of God move in our lives. We see people get healed. Some people get healed. And we see, you know, some things happening. But I'm not satisfied with, with less than 100% of what God wants to do in our hearts and lives. And through our lives. And I believe that God wants to do more. And He's calling us to rise up. He's call, calling us to, to press into Him. I'm not talking about performance-based grace. I'm talking about a changed heart because of this relationship that we have with Him that we desire to walk in the fullness thereof. And so I want to take a, a couple of minutes and, and Elizabeth's going to lead us in this song. And I want us just to reflect on this message today. Listen, I, I think that these messages are kind of difficult because, one, the enemy does not want us to know the truth. The enemy does not want us to grasp the, the concept and the truth and the biblical principles that we're talking about. Secondly, many of us have been taught things that are contrary to this. And there's a, like a brick wall that we have to break through to get to allow the truth to come into our hearts and lives. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He takes no prisoners. And so we need to, to allow the Lord to do whatever He wants to do in our life. 
And it doesn't have to be weird and kooky or something weird. It's just the Holy Spirit. But we need to trust Him. We need to yield to Him. And we need to receive everything that He has for us today. So this morning, let's take a couple of minutes and let's just say, Lord, speak to me. Solidify some things that from this message that I may be missing or are things that I'm not grasping. Give me clear understanding of your word. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.